Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up, and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. I'm really excited to be with you for the second episode of the Move the Ball podcast. On the last episode, you just heard me, but now it's really game time and I've got a wonderful guest for today's show. So inside the huddle with us and ready to help us move forward in our life is the amazing Chris Leak. Now, Chris is a former pro quarterback and football coach, and he also played college football for the University of Florida, where he led the Gators to victory in the 2007 BCS National Championship game. Chris also played pro ball in the NFL, as well as the Canadian and Arena Football Leagues, and he currently runs an academy for quarterbacks called Airstrike Passing. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. This has been a long time coming and appreciate the beautiful intro that you just gave. That's very, very kind of you. But I'm really happy to be here. I've been so enthused and inspired by the things that you've been doing with Move the Ball. And I'm just happy to finally be on the show. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. I was really looking forward to our conversation because you and I have known each other for a bit. And I know that we align in so many ways in our thinking about how football extends beyond the game. And there are so many lessons that you can take from the game to apply off the field to be successful. So where I want to start off today is let's talk about college football. I think it's a great place for us to kick off our conversation because we recently had the LSU Clemson championship game and you know all about playing at that level. So talk to us a little bit about what it was like to play in the national championship game. Well, it's definitely an experience that I'll never forget, especially from a college senior at that time. I came in with 22 other guys where my freshman year, a lot of us played and we were on a mission from there. Florida had not won a national title since 96. That year was 2006. That was actually the 100th year anniversary of University of Florida. So it was a special year for the uh, university all around. And to accomplish our mission to become a national champion and with the schedule we had, we had the toughest schedule in college football that season. To go through all that adversity and the willingness and the work ethic and all those things that you have to put together, all the puzzle pieces came together that year for us under a great coaching staff with Urban Meyer, Dan Mullen, Charlie Strong, and so forth and so on. I'm forgetting a few names, but there's some great coaches that we were under that really facilitated and kept us improving every week. But I tell you what, it's it's an experience like no other. And just seeing someone like the school like LSU, obviously an SEC team that I'm very proud to be a part of as far as that conference and seeing Joe Burrow have the success from a quarterback perspective, me being a quarterback in the SEC for four years and uh, seeing him have that type of success, it really brings back a lot of great memories. He's a fantastic athlete in person and I very much enjoyed watching him play this season and in particular in that championship game. So talk to us about the weeks leading up to the national championship for you. I mean, this is an opportunity that elite college players dream of and you are getting ready to go into this game how are you feeling what did you do how did you stay focused and how did you get prepared for that game well i'll tell you what back when i played in it it was the bcs we did not have a college football playoff as they do today so it was a little bit different the preparation we had 
after our SEC championship game, after we won that, we had around 30 days to prepare for one game and to get back healthy, you know, to practice extensively. So we had no games in between that we had to prepare for, which is a huge advantage looking back at it now. When you have 30 days to prepare for one team, it's almost too much time to prepare. You have to be cautious of whether you're on the right track or whether you're trying to do too much to prepare for such an important game for the season. But for me, it was very, well, number one thing is I got back healthy because I had a couple bumps and bruises here from this, from my very physical Arkansas team and SEC championship game that season. So I got to heal up, I got to rest, and I got to prepare mentally more than anything for what was to come because the obviously the week of the game, much like the Super Bowl, it's a lot of media, a lot of responsibilities to, you know, fan fest and bowl trips, bowl appearances at different events, basketball games. I, I remember we went to see the Phoenix Suns play and there's things around that you want to be able to and see the city and enjoy those things. But it, it was really a, a business trip. It really was a business trip for me personally. And I never lost focus of that and what I came to do. So that was really encouraging for me that to have that level of focus for an entire 30 days is tough. It really is a tough tax to be able to concentrate that long and have that same intensity going into one football game. So for me, it was great. Being able to prepare for 30 days for one game was a huge advantage, uh, in my opinion, to be prepared. And it showed on game day because we prepared very well. The coaches prepared us well and we played very well. Yeah. And you mentioned a really good point about how the playoffs have changed. There wasn't a playoff system before. And so you did have longer time to prepare, which, you know, in today's day and age, there's so many distractions. And so having just a little bit of time to prepare, it's easy to get distracted with all the social media and everything that's going on and really keeping your head focused and and in the game can be tough. And it's something that you have to do if you really want to stay just at your A game and, and ready to put on a great performance when it's game time. So let's talk about January 8th, 2007. That was the day of the championship game. You're in Arizona for the game. You wake up, and as you're getting ready, what's going through your mind, and what does your day look like before the game? Well, obviously, you have a lot of media the week of and practices every day, and practices is almost, to a certain standpoint, shortened, and you have to be able to have the emotional stability. You have to be able to handle the stresses and the pressures that come with the task that you have to be ready for outside of the actual game of football. And that's one of the things I know a few guys that a few teammates of mine that have went through the Super Bowl week, along with me in the national championship game week, you start to realize like, wow, this is, there's so much going on outside of the game that you can lose focus. And yeah, having that stability just uh, emotionally and understanding what the task at hand is every day, just focusing on one thing at a time, as the cliche goes for years and year out, it's it's really important. It's the reason why it's a cliche, because you have to really focus in on those things. And it takes a lot of stability from your coaching staff, starts with your coaching staff, your family. My parents were a huge help for me, just keeping me focused throughout the week, because things can get distracted. Even fans that are there to support you. It's just uh, your time commitment has to be towards winning a football game. That's what you came there to do. And that's where your focus needs to be. Obviously, you have other obligations to media and staff and fan support and those type things. But you have to be able to isolate the different categories and of tasks that you have and just go at them as best as you can. 
It is. You're right. It's a very hectic week. And it takes a lot of focus and a lot of strength as far as you mentally and emotionally to uh, be able to handle it. Because we've seen guys, especially in the Super Bowl, as it's coming up now, that whole week can kind of get you off focus. Uh, I think we saw a lot of that. And Bill Belichick talked about that. And the Patriots were in their undefeated season. They were going up against the Giants. And he talked about how focused the Giants were and how during practice, the week of practice, he had to refocus his team and understand like, look, this is a Super Bowl. Like, we came in to win a football game. So it's definitely a difficult task because we're all human. You know, We get distracted. We go through different emotions day in and day out. So it's, uh, it's definitely a task that requires great humility, great emotional stability, and great functional intelligence, as Bill Walsh would put it. And you bring up a good point about staying focused and how other people sometimes help us stay focused like your parents did. And so I think for us off the field, it's important for us to make sure that we have people in our lives because we are human and we do get distracted that can kind of keep us on task and say, hey, let's reset, regroup. You're kind of focusing in the wrong areas. Let's get back to it and kind of hold us accountable and help us to continue to move the ball forward when we may be susceptible to uh, distractions and other things trying to compete for our time. So let's fast forward just a little bit. Now you're in the locker room and you guys are about to go out onto the field, still in that championship game. Is there anything that Urban Meyer, who was the head coach, like you mentioned, said to the team that really stood out and that was impactful for you? During the entire week, Coach Urban Meyer, Dan Mullen, Charlie Strong, all our coaches really emphasized how the media story was, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, who we played, was the undefeated team. We just should be happy that we got in the game and that we showed up. So it's a big motivational factor as far as the psychology of the team that, you know, that we stayed hungry throughout the entire process. And that, look, we have to go earn our respect from everyone, because when you look back at that game, it was pretty much an away game for the Florida Gators, the fans obviously the team throughout the game because the stadium was mostly Ohio State. Uh, it was a sea of red at the game. So we had to prepare for that. And it prepared us for those things. As soon as we came out the tunnel, we saw that it was like playing an away game. You know, it's, it was like going to Alabama. It was like going to Tennessee or South Carolina. You know, we're going to a hostile environment where we're not the favorite here. And that's very rare, especially when you play in the SEC when you play in a home stadium like the Swamp. So it was, it was hostile environment for us, but – that year prepared us that entire season, going to Auburn, playing LSU, obviously, and you know our SEC schedule really prepared us to all come together in that one game and put everything together, really. That was the one game where pretty much everything clicked for us, and it was just it was great timing to have everything click for us for that game. Thanks for sharing that. And I've got one last question about the game, and then we'll transition to a different topic. So it's game time kickoff opening drive the Buckeyes end up returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown so they're up seven nothing in the first 16 seconds in the game and now it's your turn to get in the game get on the field what's going through your head in that moment and the reason I'm asking this is because there are times in our own lives where things don't start off the way we want but you've got a choice right you can either play the game or you can give up and in this case obviously you're going to play the game so what's going through your mind how are you staying focused like oh crap we're already down we got to go what's in your mind I think because after that happened, we knew Ohio State was a really talented team, really good team, and we had that respect for our opponent. But we also knew that we had been in this position before. And the thing I think that actually I heard from Coach O in the LSU locker room post-game this championship, this past college football playoff championship game, was they didn't LSU didn't flinch. And that's the one thing that we – I feel like that locker room did. Whatever happened on that field, we didn't blink, we didn't flinch. And we continue to 
keep moving forward regardless of what happened you know that it was a next play mentality for us and that was that was just through having an entire month to prepare and to know what to expect to study film to understand like the different variables that can happen throughout the game we really playing in organized chaos really helped us uh, our practices were very very organized chaos for us the coaches created an environment where it was very chaotic so that we would have to focus more and more and that's something that I go back to Bill Walsh, how he developed quarterbacks, where he talks about functional intelligence. And every player needs functional intelligence, which comes down to being able to instantly like process information in a highly stressful situation. And I think everybody on the team was able to do that and still function and still function properly in highly stressful situations because that's the way we practiced. And that can go towards what you do in life as well. When you're practicing what you want to do and perfecting your craft, you know, if you're creating the environment of the most stressful that you're going to be, then when the task actually happens, when you go to the game, when you go to the meeting, when you go to the interview, then it becomes very easy for you. So those are things that I took from that situation, like a national championship game that I can apply to what I do, to my business, to meeting people, to uh, different functions. Uh, I'm an avid golfer, so I get to meet a lot of people especially down here in Florida in golf country. So all those things, yeah, has really helped me in life. Football is a life lesson. It's 100 yards of life, as I would say, and I've really learned a lot from it. I mean, I completely agree. There's so many lessons that you can learn from the game. And, and as an athlete, you're continually performing under pressure and you're making these decisions and you do have to take, you know, play by play. And sometimes when we're looking at our own lives, we lose sight of that. We just get caught up in, oh shoot, this didn't go as I wanted. Now what am I going to do? And we focus on like that we can't get it done versus taking it step by step and saying, you know what, I'm going to go focus on this next play, try to get that next first down and we're going to move. And we're not going to focus on the fact that we're already, you know, 16 seconds into the game and we're down. That's the one thing that I've learned throughout the game is that there's going to be adversity no matter what. Whether you're up 50 points, you know, there's the possibility of complacency. If you're down 50 points, you have to make a decision where, where, where are you going to keep moving? Are you going to keep moving forward? Are you going to keep moving the ball, as you would say? And uh, just keep fighting and trust the process that regardless of the outcome, that the process is more important than the result. And that's the one thing I think a lot of times, especially in today's the way today's culture is that we're so result driven instead of process driven if you focus on the process if you fall in love with the process the results will come and that's one thing that I have learned through the process of being a quarterback and understanding the task that you have to have as being a coach and uh, developing players and obviously being a player you have to fall in love with the process the results will come if you give your all to the process yes I completely agree with that and so share with us some of our listeners may not fully understand like all the preparation and the thoughts around being an elite quarterback. And so share with our listeners, what is it like to be the quarterback? And oftentimes quarterbacks are captains of the team. What is that like for people? Well, it's a lot. I mean, there's obviously key qualities that you have to have in order to play quarterback. That's why not everybody can play quarterback because, you know, I talked about the functional intelligence that you have to have, being able to process in highly stressful situations. You have to have be able to have that. Yeah. Obviously, you have to have the ability to learn where you have to learn many playbooks, different plays, different formations, motions, you name it. Football is such a situational sport that um, as a quarterback, you have to always be ahead 
and almost know what's coming before it happens. So having the ability to learn and ability to adapt is very important. Another thing that I know Bill Walsh was huge on, because I'm a huge Bill Walsh, huge George Montana fan as growing up, is your work ethic. You must be willing to spend the appropriate amount of time to work and understand everything through practice. You have to, like the old saying, you have to be the first one on the field and the last one off. You have to spend more time than any position because the quarterback position is so specialized. And the closest thing that people ask me, what's it like being the quarterback You know, all the time? I say the closest thing that I can, through the years and through learning more about the psychology of it, the physiology about the position, the closest thing to being a quarterback in another sport is being a golfer. Because you really feel, although you're not by yourself in football as a quarterback, you do live on an island, so to speak, because everybody knows who the quarterback is. And what you do determines the outcome. Your decision making determines the outcome of the team. Just like a golfer, you have to manage so many different aspects of the game. And that's the one thing about being a great quarterback. In order to become a great quarterback, you have to be able to manage they manage the game first, and then you can work on making the big play, being explosive offensively and things like that. But you you have to keep your team on schedule. You have to be able to manage so many different aspects and your game. You have to manage people, emotions, the aspects of formations, play calling, those type of things, as everybody who's an avid football fan understands that the task of a quarterback is very difficult. And that's why you see the great ones that they, they last a long time because they take the time to focus on the little things and they do them so well over time that you almost uh, don't see the little nuances, but like the guys like Drew Brees, like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, you see these guys and they do the little things so very well that it's almost unconscious for them now and uh, they have ultimately that leadership ability to lead by example and their performance which is so crucial for a quarterback that leads to leadership success so that mindset that poise the absolute focus I mean that's what's required for the position definitely when you're on and off the field and you bring up some great pro quarterbacks that are currently playing and some things about them is I mean all of us have talent we're at different levels of talent, but these guys work at being better every single day. So, you know, we see them playing on game. They're like, wow, they threw an amazing pass or they, they, you know, made a great play, but it's also because they work at it. It's the practice. It's that continual focus on trying to be better in move the ball in the book. I talk about that great leaders and great players are always focused on continual improvement. And those people that you mentioned are very focused. I mean, they practice that they look at, you know, improving on those little things too and that's what makes them even better of a quarterback yeah no doubt i tell you one of the things that i've learned from those guys being around them and you know during my young career in the nfl and being around guys is their focus on every single year was to reinvent themselves they would reinvent themselves every year so that once the year ended and they went into the next at the beginning of the next season it was almost as like they would just erase everything that happened and focus on like as if they knew nothing. And that type of mindset will make you continue to work. And you hear stories like uh, Kobe Bryant making sure he hit a thousand shots before practice even started. Tiger Woods going out and hitting over a thousand balls, you know, every day, you know, when he went to practice. It's just though it's that type of mindset that all the great ones have Muhammad Ali. You think about Michael Jordan. You go there's a, there's a commonality amongst all the greatest athletes in the sport 
that it's undeniable that the the work ethic that you have to have and the and the time commitment that it took them to be as good as they were and they were willing to do that because they loved the process they loved the practice they loved the arts of the game and it showed it showed when they performed and that's definitely a lesson that anyone can take into life into the business world into raising a family and those type of things there's different things into their faith you know having that mindset can really help you because i know it's helped me it's helped me transition into things that the success I had on the field has definitely helped me transition to the success I've had in life. Great. And so I want to take you back a little ways. I know I always joke around about you being older, but I am older, so you can dish it back anytime you <laughs> anytime you want. So let's go way back before the college football championship to your high school days, because I've been wanting to sh- figure out how can I share this with our listeners. So you were pretty much a badass in high school too as a quarterback. <laughs> and he's not paying me to say this, people. Um, but you know, Chris, you set the North Carolina state records for passing yards in a career, completions in a career, as well as the national record for touchdown passes in a career. So you had a fantastic high school quarterback career. And now you're transitioning to college and that and then pro. I guess how did you continually improve? What did you work on? What were you focused on? to continue to improve your game? Yeah, well, there's a big, and I'm going to probably you know, mention something that people, a lot of people don't agree with. And that's a big thing. And I was a one sport athlete and I specialize in the sport of football and I specialize at being a quarterback. You hear a lot today that people talk about, you don't want your child to focus on one sport. And that's great. I think, I also think that kids, if they want to, to go play football, basketball, baseball, lacrosse. Those are things. Those are great sports. And every single sport that's out there is adjacent. Golf, football, whatever. Every sport is about movement patterns and the body learning different movement patterns, which is awesome for the physiology of the body, the development of the body. But I was uh, a little bit rare when it comes to that. My dad asked me when I was in high school, hey, do you want to play baseball? Do you want to play basketball? I told my dad, "My, my goal is to be the best player in the country. And I want to focus on football year round. So thankfully, my dad made that commitment to me and uh, built me a year round training program to where I would always be developing my craft. And I learned very quickly what I had to do every day as far as the intent to get better every day. And so I learned at a very young age because I specialized in being a quarterback and wanting to be the best because that process drove me every day. I loved every aspect of being a quarterback and and obviously playing football. And that's what drove me to get me to get up when I was 14, 15, 16 years old to become eventually, you know, the number one player in the country and to break so many passing records and set national records that it was, it was because of the process that was set before me. And obviously my dad, who was my coach outside of my coach, Tom Knotts, who's won many, many state championships is now at Dutch fourth in South Carolina. His system really allowed me to prosper in that way. Again, it was just focusing on one thing at a time, setting a skill development program for me every single day. And then thankfully, I have I had a father that was that played NFL football, that got drafted by the Packers, that loved football himself, that was willing to um, allow me to do that. And I was very understanding as far as my and very cru- critical as far as my develop as a, to being a really good quarterback. Again, I take those lessons and I put them towards my life lessons in today. To me, you never forget those daily talks with your mom, with your dad about life in, in general. So that really helped me to 
they really inspired me and it really pushed me every day to drive and be the best that I could be. And I know you're passing it forward by helping other kids through your passing academy. So let's talk about that for a minute. Tell us about you know what you focus on with your kids. It's a quarterback academy, but, but talk to us a little bit about it. I've actually had an academy since 2008, but I really came in the last three to four years that I really wanted to focus just on the quarterback position. And I really wanted to specialize. And my specialty is the passing game. You know, quarterbacks understanding the passing game because 65% of snaps now in the NFL are out of the shotgun. And that's so the, the game has changed. The game has evolved just like basketball has evolved from a lot more three-pointers. Football has changed. It's, it's a lot like basketball on grass now. It's a lot of throwing, a lot of spread formation, spread offenses, no huddle. I mean, you see it trickling in the, in the NFL now. So I, I have taken that aspect, that the quarterback development, skill development of it, and put together, depending on the time commitment that a young man, whether he's in youth, middle school, or high school, putting together a year-round program for them so they could develop their craft and develop who they are to the best of their ability. They get the most out of their potential, regardless of what skill level they are. They will always be uh, developing that skill, developing that craft, and so that they can get to being the most efficient player that they can possibly get to as a quarterback and obviously working with them on the field and off the field because there's two sides of the coin to being a quarterback you have to obviously have the mechanics and the fundamentals and the the physical aspects of it but you also have to be able to be a student of the game as well so i work with um i work year round i cover about 18 counties now in the state of florida it's been awesome i've learned a lot I still go to the AFCA conventions and you know meet meet with all my uh, proteges and mentors, guys like Hal Mummy, Mike Leach, obviously guys like Dan Mullen, Urban Meyer, all the coaches, Larry Fedora, who I've been under uh, throughout my career, and uh, so it's been it's been really it's been really a blessing for me to be able to give back that information and also start to learn. I learn just as much from my class as my clients learn from me because coaching is an adaptive thing. You have to be able to adapt and improvise and overcome certain aspects of uh, certain skill levels. So it's, it's it's been a really awesome ride and I've enjoyed every single minute of it. And something that I enjoy doing, I wake up and I tell people I never worked a day in my life because this is, this is something I truly love to do. I love the process of it, although it is tedious at times. It's a wonderful process to help the kid develop their skill bit by bit, piece by piece. It's a, it's a really wonderful feeling when you see the results happen over time. That's great. And for those of you who want to check out more on Chris's Academy, you can go to airstrikepassing.com. I will have that link in the show notes so you can check that out for more. And now what I want to do, Chris, is I want to switch gears and do my two-minute drill, which is just all right. Seven questions, just boom, boom, boom. Are you ready? You know, I love the two-minute drill. That's where you can throw the ball as a quarterback. You know, you have, you know that's all. I love it. I love it. That's, that's all good. right, good. All right, here we go. What's your favorite food? Favorite food is the smoothies count. <laughs> <laughs> but I love smoothies. I love okay. smoothies. Okay. What's your favorite movie? Movie, I would say, well, since we're talking about football, I would say the program. A lot of people, some people might remember that, some people not. The programs, the uh, college football film, uh, Mike Epps, Halle Berry's in there as well. So it's uh, Dean Kane. It's a really good uh, college football movie to watch. I don't think I've heard of it before. No? No, oh, it's, it's I'll awesome, have to check it out. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, the program. Yeah. Okay. I will definitely check that out. Best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? 
just be yourself. You are enough to make whatever you want to do work. So just be yourself, trust yourself, and continue to move forward. I like that. And what's the best piece of advice you would give someone else? Pretty much the same thing, except I would add to them to know your calling, know your purpose, know your calling and understand your faith. Your faith will push you through the adverse times because their adversity is guaranteed for you every day. So understand, let your faith be the driving force to your in-game decision-making, to your decision-making every day in life. And understand that you are enough. Who you are, how you have become, regardless of what situation you've been through, you are enough and continue to stay faithful and keep moving forward. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? People might not know I am an avid golfer. My goal is to play every single course in the state of Florida. That's that's one of my bucket list goals. And I'm getting up there. It's getting pretty high as far as my list of golf courses I've played. So I'm definitely an avid golfer and I, I love to golf. I would golf every day if I could. Gotcha. Okay. And the last question, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? Oh, Batman. No question. He's only human for one thing. And he uh, he still kicks butt, you know, <laughs> so it's uh, he, he's one. It's just like a quarterback. He's a, he's the ultimate detective. He sees things before they happen. He's always ahead of the game. So it's uh, so definitely Batman's always been my biggest superhero. Great. I like that. So as we wrap up today's show, tell our listeners, what's the best way to follow you and, and get a hold of you if they want to connect? Airstrikepassing.com. That's my website, as you as you mentioned, for my passing academy. I help players. I help coaches. I do consulting for uh, many high school teams also in the state of Florida. So it's a wonderful thing. Football, as you know, Jennifer, it, it, it helps you meet so many great people. It allows you to you know, get into so many avenues of in the business world and life. And you meet so many wonderful people and build so many wonderful relationships. And I'm just very fortunate and feel very blessed of what this game has brought to me and in, in my lifetime. Thanks so much for sharing that. Chris, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? I just want to give you thanks, Jennifer, for, as you would say, moving the ball. What you're doing is very inspiring to people like myself and really in anybody that's involved in helping people to better themselves and to whether it's in sports or in life or in business. Uh, I think what you're doing is very, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's an incredible thing that you're, that you're doing here with Move the Ball. And uh, I'm just happy to be a guest on your show. Well, I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks so much for sharing all those awesome words of wisdom. And again, really appreciate you being on today. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button for the podcast so that you're always in the loop, in the know, for when the next episode will be released. Until next time, keep moving the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www dot jennifer a garrett.com make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the move the ball facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the move the ball movement